All right, it is another Facebook Friday, a Facebook Live Friday edition. We've got football, basketball, you name it, we've got it. Lee K. Howard, Brian Milam. What a week of drama and buildup. It's been a little had, busy, huh? hasn't it? A little bit, A little yeah. bit busy. There's a few things going on on campus uh, to talk about, and it all gets started tonight, and then, of course, the big football game tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. What did the Wildcats... What the Wildcats did against Missouri in the final drive is the epitome of a two-minute drill, only they did it in a minute 14. So yes. they had <laughs> – Terry Wilson was at his best then, no doubt about it. Yeah, he was really good in that two-minute. With, ex- with the exception of taking that sack, Wilson guided the Wildcats to a potential championship-saving drive. Wilson, of course, said that he loves playing that kind of speed. I feel more comfortable when we're up-tempo. Uh, you know, once we get the ball thrown and – you know, we're completion after completion. Uh, you just start to get in the, you know, in a in a role. And uh, I mean, we practice it all the time. And you know, a lot of a lot of the coaches say, you know, I perform my best when we're up tempo and stuff like that. So um, I like it when we go two minute. And, you know, it's it's fun. It was a lot of fun watching the Cats do what they did against Missouri in the final minute. 14. And I have to confess, I was at a uh, trick-or-treat event with my kids <laughs> at the end of that game. Nice so I was job. driving in the car back listening to Tom Leach and Jeff Bacora listening as I'm driving down uh, Man of War. And it, I mean, unbelievable. I got to see it later. I, of course, went back right. and watched it, but just listening to it, the drama, I can't imagine being in the stadium there in Columbia, Missouri, watching that. That was the, the Wildcats at their best when they had to be at their best. After their offense was just, right. let's just say it, it was terrible for the entire game, all the way up into that very last drive, and they came through with a, uh, with a drive they had, to, they had to have. Well, think about the steps that had, everything had to fall in place. If Kentucky doesn't get the punt return from Lid Bowden, you don't have to worry about the C.J. Conrad touchdown. If Missouri doesn't throw the football on third and two in, the, in their last drive, if they run it, Kentucky is forced to call its final timeout. When Terry Wilson is sacked with nine seconds, whatever, Kentucky was able to call timeout, right the ship. Missouri played prevent defense on the final drive. It cost them. Not a good idea. Everything fell into place for Kentucky when it needed to, and uh, Lynn Bowden's punt return seemed to ignite and everybody. And that's why everybody looks at this team and says, you know, this is a team of destiny. Now, I don't know Could that be. this team's going to go on and win the national championship, but the fact that they're to this point 7-1 with a chance tomorrow to win the SEC East is just an unbelievable thing. And this is this is not what happens to Kentucky football, where, no, where they catch fun. the breaks, they get the calls at the end of the game, and, and they catch a, a game-winning touchdown with no time on the clock. So this is this is special right now for uh, for Kentucky football fans. Is this what Alabama and Florida and this is what LSU, they, these guys do all the time this right? is what they expect but uh, this is not something that Kentucky fans have come to expect no Kentucky and Georgia as you mentioned for the SEC East title Saturday afternoon and into the evening and right now the Bulldogs as expected continue to be a solid nine and a half to ten point favorite over the Cats. yeah but could it be a little bit closer than that when you consider Possibly. they're playing here at Commonwealth Stadium or Kroger Field the last time Georgia came to Lexington the Bulldogs of course won on that walk-off field goal by the infamous Rodrigo, who's now become a famous field goal kicker at, at uh, Georgia. 27-24 was the score there. Over the last three years, UK's 11-5 in games decided by a touchdown or less. And like we were just talking about, the Cats have somehow found a way to win those close games. And I believe we got C.J. Conrad talking about that. Yeah, C.J.'s coming up. You know, that comes with with you know guys being older more mature and the leadership on this team uh, we've been there we've been on the other side of things and uh, 
you know, just learning from all those experiences. And, and these, uh, we were freshmen and sophomores when we were, you know, not winning games. And now we're juniors and seniors and we're learning how to win these. It's more intense, you know, we playing for something big this week, something we haven't done in a while here. So um, it's big for us. It's big for us. We're more relaxed, you know what I'm saying? We're not uptight, not loosey-goosey either, but you know what I'm saying? We're just focused, laser focused. Laser focused. We're taking your questions and comments on Facebook Live as we get you ready for the cats and the dogs tomorrow, and we'll get to basketball in a moment, but first it's football. Okay, a couple of questions here. Uh, Branson asked, and we'll get to this one later, Branson, uh, what's your score take? I'm assuming he means on the uh, I know who you're picking tomorrow. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll choose that in a second. Uh, John says, can UK potentially become amongst the top four of the college football playoffs? Uh, that happens with wins. That happens with wins. That's, that's the easy can, can one loss they, here and you're done. Yeah, yeah, one loss and you're out of the, out of the conversation completely of the college football playoffs. But the good thing is Kentucky is one of the few teams that at this point can control their own destiny right. and potentially end up in the top four of the college football playoffs, which sounds absolutely insane and that's crazy great. to say. But all they have to do is win out. That's not easy, but yes, they can potentially end up in the top four. Uh, when was the last time UK was in the top five SEC teams? Uh, as Linda. Of the top five SEC teams. Well, if we go back to 07, when Rich Brooks, uh, Kentucky got into the top ten of America. Yes. They, yeah. beat, they beat Arkansas. They beat everybody. And then that second half of the year really tailed off a little bit. The second half of the season is when Kentucky has really struggled uh, over the decades. And for whatever the reason, the, the competition does pick up a little bit. Obviously, you you see Georgia and you see Tennessee and teams like that. But uh, I'll go back to 07. That was the last time yeah. Kentucky was in the top 10 of America. Okay, a couple other questions. Brad says, can the Cats control the line of scrimmage on offense and allow Benny Snell to do Benny things? Just managing time of possessions. Here's one thing I think Georgia is going to do on defense. And this is, you know, if you're Georgia, Terry Wilson has struggled. Mm -hmm. He runs the football. He struggled throwing it. I'm early on. I'm selling out on the run. I think, like, I you, think, you're I think most defenses will. You have to. And that's what, that's what we've seen against A&M. That's what we've seen against Missouri. Uh, but you just hope that at home, the offensive line does show up in, in plays like what they were early in the year, and Benny's able to to bust open some of those uh, those big holes. I, I mean, Georgia's defense is good, but but Kentucky's, Kentucky's offense is a lot better. Yeah, but Kentucky's is a lot better, and, and Benny Snell faces that defense every day in practice. Uh, Jennifer says, "Where do you see the 2019 class ranked now that Wandell Robinson is committed to the Cats?" That's a good question, Jennifer. We're going to talk about Wandell uh, coming up in just a minute. So. Uh, that's all the questions for just right now. I'm sure some of you all, uh, yeah, we have a few more, but we'll get to those uh, in just uh, a, a few minutes. All right, we, we get creative sometimes. Okay. We get to think back. You know I love YouTube. I'm a, I'm a history guy. I'm, a, I'm the old school guy between the two of us. YouTube should send you some checks. <laughs> You're on YouTube more than anybody I know. The movie Rudy, yeah. one of the favorite, one of everybody's favorites when it comes to football. And if you remember the scene in the tunnel, Guy grabs his face mask. Captain says, are you ready, champ? He says, I've been ready for this my whole life. That has got to be the way Kentucky's feeling coming into this game tomorrow. Yeah, and it also has to be the emotion that the Wildcats, who held from the Commonwealth, who, who come from this That's state, right. that's got to be the emotion that they're dealing with this week as well. Now, UK has not been anywhere close to the SEC division or an outright title in ages, and they've seen great moments, but now it's time to write their own chapter. Yeah. It's crazy. It's uh, it's awesome to witness like those games growing up and everything, and those LSU and Louisville. I was there for that. I was in that stadium. Now to be a part of a big game like that, it's pretty cool. It's huge for us. It's the biggest game of our lives. We've been uh, working hard all off season. 
um, through training camp and the whole season to get up to this point and to move and to keep the momentum going uh, through this game and after the game. So um, we're just treating it like another game, but obviously we all know the magnitude of it. The magnitude is right. Now, before kickoff, we've been uh, touting this all week, before kickoff at 3.30 on KYT, we've got a Wildcat warm-up. You will see Lee K. Howard and myself again on the Wildcat warm-up at 2 o'clock. We will be live at the stadium with the stadium in the background. That's on WKYT kickoff of the cats and the dogs comes at around 337, 339, something like that. Now, there were some, uh, there, there was a little bit of bad news this week yeah, in practice. Not terrible news, just bad. More injury news for the Wildcats. Senior linebacker Jordan Jones breaking his right hand earlier this week in practice. Now, Jones is going to play against Georgia on Saturday, but much like Cash Daniel, uh, he's going to wear his padded club. Uh, so, Mark Stoops calling Jones and Daniel the Q-tip boys. Yeah. How about that? Well, you know, Cash is going to be on the left. Jones is going to be on the right. I mean, you talk about whack-a-mole all day. These guys... They would just be I, punching it. I think that's like new, a new thing for Kentucky. You know, the guys, I mean, it, think about if they win tomorrow and they go to the, that, that might be. That might All right, be fans, thing. I've got it. You want to dress up for Halloween quickly as a U.K. player tomorrow when you're everybody's, everybody wrap your hand <laughs> in like toilet paper, hold it up, the whole place swinging clubs. Good. You heard okay, it here first. A couple other questions here. Uh, Jordan asked, who do you think will win? Again, we'll get to that in just a second. <clears throat> Somebody's uh, got Vegas money here. Yeah, you know John, I mean? John asked, uh, do, do you think Kentucky needs to play that up-tempo? Terry seems to play better that way. I, I agree with that. I think bit. so. And, and part of that last drive that you got to keep in mind is the, the prevent defense that Missouri was playing Man. with. He was giving – they were giving Terry those underneath routes that he could dump it off to David Bouvier or, or Lynn Bowden and get those 10- to 15-yard chunk plays. He's not going to see that all game. In fact, he's going to see the loaded box. Yeah. But – Sometimes quarterbacks, and Terry might be one of those, you can still play an up-tempo type uh, offense. And I think Terry's one of those quarterbacks that maybe gets in a rhythm when he doesn't have to necessarily think so much. So I could see uh, Eddie Grand, not the whole game, but at certain points, speeding it up. You also got to remember, Mark Stoops doesn't necessarily like that. Yeah. When he first got here with Neil Brown, they tried to play that up-tempo type of thing, and offense, and the thing that Mark Stoops hated was how often his defense was on the field because the downside of playing the up-tempo type of offense is a three and out is really, really quick. If you don't, if you don't convert, your defense is right back on the field. So Stoops won't allow him to play that the whole time, but you could see it some on Saturday. Yeah, and I've always said, I thought when Stoops got here, UK football had an identity crisis on offense. What do you want to be? You want to throw it around 50 times a game? Well, that's fun and entertaining. But how many teams, let's go through the history of football, especially since, let's go the last 30 years when foot, throwing the football really became the end thing. How many of those teams really win championships? Yeah, Steve Spurrier won. Okay, you can throw him in there. BYU, well, a long time ago, they yeah, did win one. But over the last 30-some-odd years, teams that throw it, Oklahoma did it in 2000, but they don't throw it 50, 60 times a game. And the air raid offense, I thought, yeah, it's novel, it's cute, it's entertaining, but at the end of the day, the entertainment value is going to wane. You're, you want to win, so you have to run the football. Mark Stoops was born in Big Ten country. He played <laughs> in the Big Ten. He is playing Big Ten football in the SEC. Defense and first. And he's got the running back Running back game, yeah. uh, the running game. This is what Kentucky shows you. They can compete with the other teams in recruiting, 
getting players to fit this type of system. That's a really good point, too, because I was one guilty of saying years ago that Kentucky was one of those schools that almost had to be a little bit gimmicky right. and had to do something just a little bit different to compete with the big boys because they were never going to get the elite recruits right. and be as big or as deep were. as – and a lot of people said that, but I was guilty as well. But now Mark Stoops has shown six years in that that's not correct, that he can compete and get those top recruits, and they can play big boy football right up against the, the big boys essentially in the SEC and, uh, and put themselves in positions to win a championship. All right, so a couple other questions here. Um, where did that go? Where – Somebody asked, uh, Jeremy, who's already predicted a win, says, what do you think will happen after we win tomorrow? If 250,000 <laughs> people in the state of Kentucky can send $1 to the University of Kentucky to pay the fine, I think we all There will be fine. Everybody's rushing the field. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Donald, deal with it. This isn't a question. Donald says players should not play scared as uh, this is their house. Uh, Vaughn asks, if Kentucky wins out the rest of the year, including the SEC championship, do they automatically get a spot in the national championship? They have to be in not, the, not in in the, the championship, fi- in but the playoff. Yeah, yeah. They have to be. Traditionally, since the, the college football playoff has been around the last however many years, yeah. five, six years, the SEC champion has always made it. So, yeah, if Kentucky were to beat Alabama, uh, yes, they're in, and possibly Alabama's in as well. If you beat Georgia, you beat Alabama in a one-month span, and then – you have to be you have to be the final four and just because it's Kentucky's name I think they would be the fourth team oh yeah because can any team can lose at some point during the season but the later in the season you lose it seems to be more detrimental certainly and if Alabama was to lose like they did a couple of years ago they didn't even win the Western Division but guess who was in the final four yeah Alabama. just saying yeah all right we talked about recruits how Mark Stoops has developed this program Recruiting was huge this week because Western Hills High School was the place to be for that guy. He lucked out, sort of, when Wandale Robinson told the country where he was going to college. Wandale, as you know now, is coming to the Cats. That's right. Yeah, and he says his decision was really up in the air until the last few days. Nebraska came in second over the likes of Alabama and Big Ten Powers, Michigan, and Ohio State. Wandale's decision isn't just about football, though, but even life after he takes off the helmet and pads for the final time. Really, I guess just seeing the progress that they made and knowing that there's a really big impact outside of football that you can make just from going to play in Kentucky. I mean, it's kind of like a 4 for 40 thing. Um, really, if you go in and do what you're supposed to do, it's kind of like after football, you're not really ever going to want for anything if you, if you were to stay in Kentucky and want to live your life here. So. I want to explain something. I've had several people say, what did he mean that four for 40 thing? Yeah. You spend four years here, you do the right things, you meet the right people, that four years can mean the next 40 years of your life. That's what that four for 40 means. You do what you have to do, and we've seen it. I mean, golly, Jack Goose Gibbons, he was the MVP of the 78 Final Four. We still see him all over the place. 40 years later, still a part of the program. And he's still a huge part of the program. And, it, and a lot of other players are And Wandell at his press conference after he made his decision actually credited Freddie Maggard as the very first person who Good ever point. told him that he would play in the SEC. He said he told him somewhere during his sophomore year when Freddie was still working for the media. Yeah. He went over to uh, Western Hills High School to do a speech about, you know, playing football, I guess it was, and, and he told Wondell Robinson that he had the talent to play in the SEC. That stuck with him, and now guess what? Freddie's on campus in a role trying to develop those guys that are currently there to turn into to guys in the community and, and to have that, that sort of four, 40 for 40. Yeah, four uh, for 40, yeah. Four for 40 uh, lifestyle and, and 
really kind of incorporate the alumni within the program. And I think that's a, a big draw to a lot of these recruits as well. Another guy, Ryan Timmons, who was at Franklin County, again in the state capitol where Wandale is. Wandale said he was huge with his recruitment, telling him what to do, what to look for. So when you have mentors that can show you some things, especially from your own hometown, that means a great deal. Ryan Timmons came to Kentucky, and I see a lot of Wandale and Ryan Timmons in their speed, their footwork, their uh, explosiveness when they get into the open field, uh, very similar in style to the way they each run because they both were just like a deer. They could just take <laughs> off. All right, so do we make, yeah. a, do we make a, a, pr a prediction now? Football prediction for tomorrow? I'm going to go 10, uh, was, it a, was it 12 years ago, 13 years ago, when Rich Brooks needed to beat Georgia to save his job. I think the score is 24-20 Kentucky. I'm going 24-20. Nobody scores more than 20 on Kentucky. They haven't so far this year. All right, this is the unpopular pick, but I'm going to make it because I've been picking against the Cats all year long. Worked I, started, well for you. I started early in the season, and it's worked every <laughs> week except for the A&M game, but that's an overtime game. That's a fluke. So, <laughs> not my hope, not my wish. I'm just going to make this prediction. Georgia is averaging 38 points per game. That's they right. put a lot of points on the board. So I think Kentucky's defense holds them under that. I said 27 to 17 Georgia, but that's just because I haven't seen much from the Kentucky offense lately. They're going to have to right. put points on the board. So like I said, not my, not my hope, but right now I have a 10-point uh, favorite for uh, Georgia. He's following the Vegas odds. Vegas 10-point favorite over under 44. He just went 27 -17. I hope I can say I'm wrong. Just saying. All right, tonight, let's talk about basketball for a quick second. John Calipari and the Cats will have their final exhibition before they meet up with that team next Tuesday, the Duke Blue Devils. Never I think heard of you've them. heard of them. That's the season opener in Indianapolis. Yeah, one of the biggest uh, areas of emphasis for Cal is always on defense, especially for his younger teams. And last week against Transy, yeah, the Pioneers had 26 straight line drives to the basket on a much taller Wildcats team. So UK has been talking about that subject since that Bahamas trip. It's been, you know, addressed every single day. You know, since last Friday. So, so I think, you know, that's something that we want to see an improvement uh, on defense. Once again, individually as well as collectively, is you got to keep the ball in front. Um, but yeah, when you when you play teams like Transylvania, we, we did have some matchups. You know, there at the three, four, and five that were unique to to probably that one game. Now, I cut off that soundbite a couple of days ago when Joel Justice talked about that one game. He also went on to say, well, you, it's something you also may see later in the year. Mm -hmm. That means a one versus a 16 seed, if you know what I mean. Because Transy is a D3, very good program in Division Three basketball. Brian Lane's teams are always highly competitive. They're gritty, they're gutty, and all that. But obviously, their tallest guy is 6'7", 6'8", maybe. Kentucky's got trees in the paint, and they've got muscles where transy guys don't have muscles, and they're just they're, they're that wow. much bigger and stronger. They have muscles. Well, Bo Shue, Bo Shue took a charge, and he goes, "No, I didn't flop. They're just they're just physically that much stronger than me." Okay. He said that during the game. But Kentucky is going to face teams that are like this, a gimmicky team like transy. Like we can take first shot. We got to yeah. get to the bat, do whatever we can. When you've got this much talent for Kentucky, teams are going to have to get into a bag of tricks to beat them. So tonight they've got IUP, Indiana, Indiana University, University, Pennsylvania. Of Pennsylvania. Of Pennsylvania, not, not IUPUI. That's a different That's school. Right. This is IUP, a Division II school that won their conference last year. Mm -hmm. Actually a top 25 team in Division II. So a decent, a decent team in the Division II level, but of course Kentucky should have no problem. Uh, with them, the uh, are they the Red Hawks? They're no, the Crimson the Hawks. Crimson Hawks. There you go. The, close, close enough. Close, close enough. enough. We got the same seven o'clock. Uh, 
Rupp Arena, of course, though, this is a just a tune-up game yeah. for the big game next Tuesday. He'll be in there. That's election night. So on election night, we've got all the poll results coming in, and you'll know who this candidate won or lost, and then you get ready. That's just the popcorn for UK and Duke. Yeah. That yeah. game's going to be a 9.30 tip, something like that next Tuesday. So we appreciate you joining in on the uh, Facebook Live for Friday. Huge game tomorrow, huge game tonight, the final exhibition for basketball, and so it's going to be a great weekend. Hope you enjoy it. See you. See you later.